2: here on Locked on Ravens as we'll talk about our latest seven round full mock drafts for the Ravens talk about how they could revamp their entire secondary in this 2023 NFL draft we'll also talk about what the Ravens are getting in Nelson Aguilar from the New England Patriots also dive into mock drafts on Twitter and so much more coming up next here on this Monday edition of Locked on Ravens
1: you are locked on Ravens your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast part of the Locked on Podcast Network Your team every day.
2: Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher, Ravens Wire, here as always. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you, as always, for tuning in here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast, video form, audio form. It is free to subscribe, so be sure to subscribe in video form on YouTube and turn notifications on so you know when we go live, when we premiere our episodes. Again, five days, week, get an audio form as well. Follow along, subscribe there for free we're five days a week for you daily Monday through Friday and any Ravens news analysis updates we have it here for you so be sure to keep it locked in here on Locked on Ravens and thank you for all the support here on the show but here today it's another mock draft Monday another week here and the Ravens again they made their first free agent signing free agent splash wasn't really a splash more of a more of a plop in Nelson Aguilar and Not a lot of people are super happy about it. It's definitely, it's a move, but for me, it can't be the move. And we'll talk about that in the second segment with Mike debate of locked on Patriots, where I thought, you know, in order to learn a little bit more about Nelson Aguilar, what he's bringing to the Ravens, I thought why not go and talk with the guy who covered him for the past couple of years in new England on our network. So we'll talk with Mike debate of locked on Patriots in the second segment here in this first segment, we'll do our latest mock draft Monday. So we'll talk about the mock draft I did for mock draft Sunday. It was a very, uh, controversial one I'll say we'll, we'll talk about what I did who I picked so be sure to stay tuned and also in the final segment we'll talk a bit about what happened over the weekend for the Ravens not really a ton but just minor notes and then also getting to mock drafts on Twitter so let's first dive into the seven round mock draft that I did and actually I did it over at a NFL mock draft database because pro football focus made their mock draft simulator pay like they, they made it money you have to subscribe to PFF and I currently don't have that right now so That's not an option for me. In the draft network, theirs isn't up and running. So it's super inconvenient both ways. So I know a lot of people use pro football networks, but I did a mock draft database and I think they do a good job over there in what they do. So I look, I did this mock draft. And again, what I do here on the show is every week I make a different, I pick a different first round prospect Because what, if I just picked, oh yeah, Zay Flowers every week and, and I don't know, a guy like uh Parker Washington in the middle rounds every week or draft a guy like a Clark Phillips every week. It, it'd get boring. It'd be, it'd be repeating myself. So I want to pick different prospects, do different ideas. And I looked at this mock draft I did and obviously the, the negativity from the Nelson Aguilar signing it's, it's still there. So I looked at it and I said, well, this, this is not going to go over well. And boy, was I right. <laughs> I put it on Twitter. People are not happy with my picks and, and I'll tell you why they weren't. Cause in the first round, I picked Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama. Now people look at the safety and they say, well, they just drafted Kyle Hamilton in the first round and it's not a premium position. Why would you take two safeties in back-to-back years in the first round with first round pick?" like people were not happy. Now, some people really like Brian Branch and again, safety is the position he's listed at, but he's not actually a safety he's a versatile player you know during his time in college he did play deep safety played at strong safety played in a nickel played at linebacker he also has been you know kind of up at the line in blitz packages so he is someone who is a swiss army knife much like kyle hamilton and that's where a lot of people's gripes are which is why would you take two of these players in back to back years when the clear needs are wide receiver and corner. And I get it. I I understand. I would still pick a wide receiver or corner in the first round, but I'm just trying new ideas. I'm just trying new ideas. So Brian branch, I really like him as a player. And honestly the fit for Brian branch right now, to me, the best fit in the draft for him is Philadelphia. They just lost Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I don't think there's any way Brian branch ends up falling to Baltimore at 22. If he does, it'd be a very similar situation to Kyle Hamilton falling. Now, I, again, I just think the needs are, are, last year, they they had the ability to go best player available on Kyle Hamilton this year. They might have to force something. They might, depending on what happens in frames, they might have to force something, but that doesn't take away from who Brian branch is as a player. He's super quick, especially closing in, in short areas, has really good acceleration, super high motor, really competitive all around the ball, And for him, he's someone who you look at the scouting report, like where can he play? Where can he line up at the NFL level? People actually project him to play up closer to the line of scrimmage during his NFL days, during his upcoming NFL career, which, you know, you kind of look at, maybe he could play some sort of a Chuck Clark type role for the Ravens. But again, do you want to continue to invest this high capital in the safety position Personally, again, with the way the offseason's going, like if the Ravens trade for DeAndre Hopkins and sign a couple corners, then sure, I think you can have the ability to take a Brian Branch. But if they don't, obviously wide receiver and corner are the two bigger needs there. Also a super smart football player, really is good at play recognition and is very athletic. And because of that, is able to run around and get on the field and move around the field a ton. Good tackler as well. And for him, he's someone who, Again, you want the versatility. He isn't great. Like, he, he needs to get better in man coverage. Also, the, the actual ball production stats aren't really there. He stands at six foot, right around 193 pounds. So, not this big, like, big-body, 225-pound And That's a big-body safety if you're talking about that. But I think he's still someone who could make an impact on this Ravens defense. Brian Branch and Kyle Hamilton together. Mike McDonald will go crazy with those two guys. But I understand that there are bigger needs. But I, st- I like – I like the fit. I just think that the way the offseason is going, they won't have the luxury to take a guy like a Brian Branch. But it's it's fun to think about, and he fell to me in the mock draft, so I'm like, why not? Let's do it. A total revamp of their secondary here, and and I continue that coming up. So I don't do back-to-back secondary players. I end up actually taking Kayshaun Bouti, the wide receiver from LSU here, at number 86, the Ravens' third-round pick. And so here's an interesting player. I mean, this is a guy who – was a first round prospect last year, and then just did not have a great year. And part of it was because he had such a great freshman year. He had 308 yards against Ole Miss. It was an SEC single game receiving record and had a pretty brutal season ending injury his sophomore season after leaving the nation in touchdown passes. But this past year, significant lack of production. You, you could make that a couple of reasons why quarterbacks and coaching changes and whatnot, but he has the athleticism has the playmaking ability. This could be kind of a a swing on a player. Now this is another situation where again, the Ravens, this could not like Nelson Aguilar and Keishon Booty could not be the, this couldn't be the moves. You have to add someone more proven than these two guys, but I still think he has the ability to be a dangerous weapon. He's elusive enough to use his open field ability to make guys miss. He has supernatural low body strength as well so he's able to break tackles in the open field too he actually is a little speedy as well you know he stands right now six foot 185 pounds he is a speedy guy he has a big playability. he's versatile can line up in a lot of different places he can be that vertical threat now for him sometimes you do see the focus drops there are some drops involved he doesn't have a super big catch radius and also needs to learn a little bit in terms of his release package but could be an interesting swing and this guy i haven't talked about here on the show so i thought why not? Then a guy that I have talked about on the show here a lot is Travis Hodges Tomlinson, someone I took at 124. So I'm not going to go too far in depth on him. But again, on the smaller side for a corner, super feisty though, around the football, he can line up, you know, only a five nine guy. He can line up though, I think in a bunch of different positions. And to me, could be a really solid player. Again, this would be someone you want to pair, you know, with another signing at the position, a Rocky I seen a guy like a Marcus Peters, but I think that could be a very solid pick for them. Then I go back to wide receiver and I take a familiar face to some people. Rakeem Jarrett, wide receiver from Maryland, six foot, 200 pounds. Someone who, again, you have the run after the catch ability. He's a very smart football player too. Good low body strength. So again, breaking tackles, good quickness, just good quickness overall, honestly. For him, catch radius again, like Keyshawn Booty is not there. His frame is a bit compact as well and his separation isn't wonderful at this point, but he has the versatility to become someone that can thrive in an offense that likes the middle of the field. And, you know, if Lamar Jackson does stay, he does like the middle of the field and can be a very solid slot receiver at the next level. So I, I do like Raheem Jarrett. I think he's very, very good. And it'd be nice to kind of have the Maryland connection, have a Toy Smith come back or Laquan Treadwell. That's a throwback to people come back the Maryland wide receiver connection there. Then I go secondary again in Catrell Clark. The corner from Louisville and Clark is somebody who, to me, is very intriguing. He's not the biggest corner again, much like Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, only a five ten guy, 180 pounds. He did have a torn ACL in 2021, but the ball production is there. He has very natural instincts, always around the football. He can line up in a lot of different places, and the size will. I think the size will be a question for a lot of people. Again, if you're taking Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, and Ketro Clark, that's it's a very small corner room plus brian branch in there as well but i think again if you want to revamp the secondary i don't you know how much do you trust Jalen number davis how much do you trust the pepe williams how much do you trust the brandon stevens who's going to be a veteran guy for them to come in it's really it's going to be interesting to see how they figure it all out so at the end of the day i think those picks are they're solid it's again very needs based very revamping of the secondary but i think the prospects got overall are good but i understand again I get like it's not necessarily the most popular mock draft that I've ever done doing this thing. But coming up on our second segment, we'll talk with Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots about Nelson Aguilar, what he brings to the Ravens, strengths, weaknesses, role, and a lot more. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to talk about on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and the tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. book. Yeah, that's right, because FanDuel's giving new customers a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown and sign up today to claim your no-sweat-first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which you'll be cutting down the net all and have safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your chance at a shot at a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown to sign up. Make
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Here on Monday, Kevin Ostreicher still here with you. And we're now going to talk with Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots about Nelson Aguilar and what the Ravens are getting in Nelson Aguilar from a guy that is covered Nelson Aguilar for the past two seasons here, so we'll talk with Mike now. Well, the Ravens, as people know, signed Nelson Aguilar, the former Patriots wide receiver, and I thought, what better way to get to know a bit about Nelson Aguilar than bring in the guy who's covered him for the last couple of years in New England for our network in Mike DeBate, the host of Locked On Patriots, and Mike, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on here and talk a little Nelson Aguilar with me. Now, the move in Ravens' Twitter circles, Ravens' fan circles, It's not the most popular one, so I wanted to ask you just about what you learned about Nelson Aguilar during his time in New England and just what his tenure was like over there at the Patriots.
0: Yeah, I can understand the squeamishness among Ravens fans, really any fans, because Nelson definitely has his pluses, his minuses when it comes to the narrative in terms of how he's portrayed, how he's viewed by the national media, some of the things that he's done on the field. But I can tell you, first off, you're getting a great teammate in Baltimore. You're getting a great guy for the community and really just an all-around good guy. I'm going to miss Nelly a lot up here because of what he brought to the Patriots locker room, because of what he brought to the field, and just the uh, the, the nature of the way he handled things up here was always great. So you're going to be getting a good guy, no question about it. And I know we can dig a little deeper into that in just a moment, but Ravens fans want to know what this guy is going to do on the field. Look, Nelson can still get down the field. He can still be a vertical threat. He definitely has top-level speed. And if you can find a quarterback that can harness that, like a Lamar Jackson, he'll be able to really, I think, um, take what he does and really apply it well uh, to uh, Ravens offense. Um, naturally, there's going to be some issues with drops, with ball security. That's been the case with Nelly his whole career. That didn't really change much in New England, so that's something to keep an eye on with Baltimore. But if they can use him properly and they can be able to harness what he does, This could be a good signing for Baltimore.
2: Yeah. And in terms of what the Ravens are getting here, Mike, you know, kind of mentioned some of his pluses, some of his minuses. Is this somebody who to you has the ability to be a top level wide receiver three? Is he more of a fringe wide receiver four guy? What do you think his ceiling and his floor is at this point in his career?
0: i think he has the chance to be a three i really do and for a while there new england was projecting him as quite possibly their number two but again it just never worked out the way they had hoped 68 catches for 835 yards and five touchdowns in just in two seasons so those numbers are not going to light the world ablaze but what you have to look at with nelly is his ability to be able to play either out of the slot which is where he primarily did his damage when he was a philadelphia eagle or be a vertical threat, and he had a career year in uh, uh, Las Vegas with the Raiders before coming over to the New England Patriots in that 2021 shopping spree that Bill Belichick went on. Now, he was one of the centerpieces of that, and there was a big reason for it, but again, you look at some of the issues that he's had, drops and ball security are definitely going to be something that John Harbaugh and that Raven staff are going to want to keep their eye on.
2: Yeah, and I know one of the concerns about the Ravens' wide right receiver position in general has been the availability of mm-hmm. some of their players. Now, DJ Chark was a popular name among Ravens fans as someone who they wanted to potentially sign there. He goes to Carolina, but Chark over the past couple of years has been very injured. Aguilar, on the other hand, Mike, durability, especially in New England, 15 games in 2021, and then it's another 16 in mm-hmm. 2022. I mean, durability didn't seem to be an issue with him.
0: No, absolutely. He definitely is someone that is durable and can remain on the field. Again, it's not so much what he brings to you or what he takes away from you by not being on the field. It's, you know, taking the good with the bad. At his best, he can use that speed. He can use that ability to get open over the top on vertical routes. He regularly finds separation from his opponents i think this was something that he did not get a chance to showcase to his limits in new england and that i think was a detriment to both the patriots and to nelson aguilar because he really does have that ability if baltimore is smart they'll definitely find a way to be able to utilize that strength but he also makes very very strong connections with his quarterbacks he had a very good connection with mac jones Not sure why he wasn't involved more in play calling. Of course, New England's play calling was very suspect in 2022. So that shouldn't be held against uh, Nelson Aguilar. But again, uh, someone that I think uh, is going to the right spot and in the right situation. I I do like this signing for Baltimore. And I know whenever a
2: free agent, leaves and go somewhere else there's always the why aspect of it in terms of why didn't it work out why didn't their old team bring him back so why didn't it work out knowing and why isn't he now back with the patriots instead now moving to baltimore
0: Well, again, I think it's ball security and I think it's, um, you know, just the ability to hold on and not be able to fumble and not be able to drop. I mean, that's something that I think plagued Nelson and it continued to plague him. Look, the writing was on the wall for his departure. His playing time dwindled down the stretch last season. Didn't record a reception in Patriots' last three regular season games. He played only four snaps in the regular season finale. So you kind of saw this coming. It really started to show a little bit earlier in the season. Uh, let a presumed catch slip right through his fingers. That resulted in an interception. That is really the Cardinal sin in a Bill Belichick uh, coach team. Um, also, a few drops. That's something that he's not unaccustomed to. We saw uh, drops, especially in Philadelphia and in uh, Las Vegas something that uh, you know really, I think, continues to be a problem for him. Again, if you utilize him in the right spot, I think that will be diminished because if you're not putting the ball in his hands regularly or routinely and using him as a situational weapon, then I think that's exactly how he can reclaim some of that glory. And I think Baltimore gives him an opportunity to do it. So it definitely wasn't a situation where his um, skill set uh, was – Unsatisfactory to New England. I think it was just more ball security and the emergence of Tyquan Thornton in that uh, over the top, uh, you know, speedy receiver role, I think made uh, Nelson a little expendable in New England. And I think that's why he's moving on.
2: Right, and I think those are some of the reasons why Ravens fans are a little uneasy or maybe a lot uneasy about (laughs) the move because, again, he is now on the wrong side right at 30 years old, so Mm. it's another one of these moves that Ravens fans, Mike, are very familiar with, the Sammy Watkins of the world, the Jeremy Mm. Macklins and Michael (laughs) Crabtree's I could go on and on and on there, but I think, in my estimation, I think this move looks fine if it's a depth move, if it's for Aguilar as a three or as a four but there's something else like maybe a DeAndre Hopkins or a Cortland Sutton <laughs> on top of that. Mm. But what if, like, let's just say the Ravens don't. Let's say it's another first-round receiver. They add a mid-round guy. Do you think the Ravens at this point in Nelson Aguilar's career might can rely on Nelson to be a 50-catch guy? Didn't eclipse 40 catches in both his years in New England. That, to me, seems a little dicey if you're the Ravens to rely on him for that much production. So do you think that they could rely on him for that? Or do you think that's a bit of a risky move?
0: I think it's a bit of a risky move. I mean, technically, Kevin, I think he could do it. He's got the skill to be able to do it. I've seen Nelson fly down the field, get open, create the separation like we talked about earlier. That really is his game. That is his go-to. But ultimately, if you keep telegraphing these and going to him as a go-to weapon, you're going to have some difficulty. And there has been difficulty all throughout his career. And even in New England, uh, with a soft hands thrower like Mac Jones, Uh, some of the balls sometimes were a little bit too much for him to be able to corral. So I think that's something that Baltimore has to definitely keep their eye on. But if you're looking for someone that can get deep over the top, yeah, definitely feed the ball to him. He'll do so and he'll get you your yardage and maybe even a touchdown or two and uh, maybe an aesthetically pleasing play, (laughs) you know, each game, uh, from Nelson. But to put that type of burden on him, a 50 plus catch guy, I think is going to be a little bit of a difficulty and that's where you may run into some problems. If you're Baltimore, I think saddling him with a, or siding him, I should say with a complimentary piece that's capable of being more of a workhorse type receiver will make this move look a lot better.
2: Right. I, I think this can be a move, but it can't be move at the bright. And there has to be definitely more there in Baltimore. But Mike, let, let's round it out. You mentioned, Al Egler off the field. I know there was a viral clip of him last year when Devontae Parker got mm. concussed and, you know, he was pining for the medical staff to come out, you know, help his teammate. He took a knee on the field and you mentioned how he has the connections with his quarterbacks and how he has the connections with his teammates. How, how is he, you know, off the field and how does he connect with the teammates with the coaches and how is he from an off the field perspective?
0: Uh, from a coaching and a player perspective, I can tell you there are a few guys, if any, that were as popular as Nelson Aguilar in that locker room. His teammates loved him, always positive, uh, always looking for uh, the ways to win, uh, not going not to get a guy that's going to hang his head or that's gonna start pointing the finger, or that's gonna start getting down about himself, even when things are going you know, terrible around him. He's gonna be someone that's gonna consistently lift his team. And that to me is very much important if you're trying to build a culture, or you're trying to cultivate and maintain a culture like they are in Baltimore, of winning, being positive, and a cohesive unit. Nelly will fit right into that locker room. I think he'll be an instant favorite. You mentioned the connection with Devontae Parker. That's just the type of guy he is. He's always looking to help his teammates. You're going to get a great guy in the community. Nelson was very active with a lot of Patriots charities up here in Foxborough and really was one of the favorites among a lot of the fans in terms of taking the time to get to know them, even reaching out. You know, it's something that uh, Baltimore fans may find. Uh, He's definitely going to want to ingratiate himself into the community. So from a stand-up guy perspective... uh, Baltimore is hard pressed, I think, to find a better one than Nelson Aguilar on a personal level, especially from a media level. He's going to give you a lot of things to work with because he's very forthcoming uh, and very, uh, very much stand up. Uh, And that's something that uh, he should be commended for. So, yeah, from a personal level off the field, uh, you're getting a great one in Nelson Aguilar.
2: A big shout out to Mike for hopping on, talking Nelson Aguilar with me. Great insight from him, both from an on-field and off-field perspective. And for more On Mike and the Patriots. Be sure to check out the Locked on Patriots podcast. Old friend, Matthew Judon over there. Chris Board, old friend, just signed over there as well. So again, be sure to check out that part of Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day here, just like Locked on Ravens. And coming up in our final segment, we'll be talking a tiny bit about what happened over the weekend for the Ravens. Not a ton, but also diving into some mock drafts on Twitter. So be sure to stay tuned to the Lieutenant I've been to on the show.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: We're back here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens here on Monday. Kevin Ostryker is still here with you. Again, be sure to subscribe for free. Both audio and video form turn notifications on as well. It is free. Again, no money involved here you can come back as many times as you want to but let's again talk about what happened over the weekend for the ravens nothing too crazy again the nelson aguilar contract details they came out they came out actually on Friday it was one year 3.25 million up to 6.25 in incentives so an extra three million there and also the cap hit for Nelson Aguilar is going to be right around 1.4 1.5 million i believe it is it's not very expensive so baltimore should still have five or six million in cap space to work with there not not a total cap crunch but you know the ravens right now for lamar you got to get that extension that's the easiest way to clear up the cap space but there also are other avenues so they still have to make some room to make some big moves i feel like they have to make some of those but maybe there's like a rocky scene signing this week they bring back marcus peters maybe a corner signing the next one here for baltimore then you have a, a report from i don't even remember who it was i think an indianapolis reporter saying that the Indianapolis plane was in Baltimore for a longer than anticipated time. So, you know, no official word, but something to keep an eye on. So everybody's like Lamar, Lamar, Lamar. And then people realize Lamar's not even in Baltimore. <laughs> like he spends his time in Florida during the off season. Like there's an Eric DaCosta, like saying, like he's, I think the owner's meeting. So, you know, you have to, why is the plane there? It's not, it's not a huge deal. I, I wouldn't put too much stock into that. If there is a landing spot, I think Indianapolis is the, uh, the most logical place at the moment, but I don't know. It's, I wouldn't put any stock or much stock into a plane staying longer in Baltimore than anticipated there. So that's really all that happened. There really wasn't a ton. Again, very slow off season for the Ravens, a ton of Lamar, 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 but we'll, we'll get into some mock drafts from Twitter. Now let's first start off here with one from Steve Miller, 35, who says 22 and one twenty four for 33 in the Browns, 2024 first. I don't think the Browns have their 2024. I think it's going to the, sh- The Texans and the Sean Watson deal, but we'll read it off anyway. Zay Flowers, the pick at 33. Keanu Benson, the defensive tackle from Wisconsin at 86. Jacorian Bennett, corner from Maryland at 157. And Dante Dimas Jr., wide receiver from Maryland at 199. So, uh, Zay Flowers at 33 is a steal. I don't I think there is a shot. So, I think the way the draft process has gone, the receivers who are going to be on the board for the Ravens at 22 probably Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers. You know, maybe Zay Flowers goes before. I think there's no way Jackson Smith and Jigba falls. There's no way Quentin Johnston falls. I think. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. People are very in and very out, but I still think he gets taken. So I think it'll probably be Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers at this point. So we'll see. I mean, I like Zay Flowers at 33 a lot. Then defensive tackle depth, Corey and Bennett at 157. So I guess there's another move at corner in this situation coming. But I like Dante Demas Jr. too, another Maryland guy. So some people are in the, you know, who's better, Dante Demas or is it Rakeem Jarrett? You know, some people are very on one side or the other there. But I like the, the Zay Flowers pick at 33. That's a steal for me, in all honesty. So solid mock draft there from Steve Miller. Then we have one here from Huygan Jin and Juice, who has Jordan Addison taken at 25. So I guess there was a trade down here. I can't, I can't see it though. DJ Turner, corner from Michigan at 86. Byron Young, edge from Tennessee at 125 from Tennessee. Riley Moss, Iowa corner at 157. Moro Joma, defensive lineman from Texas at 172. Andre Isavis, the wide receiver from Princeton at 199. Juice Scruggs, interior offensive lineman, Penn State 239. And Clayton Toon, corner from Houston at 243. No Todd Munkin special, no Stence event at this time around. It's Clayton Toon. And I think in terms of name, Juice Scruggs has to be one of the best names in this draft. Juice Scruggs. It's a good name, but Jordan Addison, I I think he will be there for the Ravens, even in a trade down, potentially his comp, his combine performances and you know, his pro day, which was very wet and very rainy. I think, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba had a great pro day. He's probably going to go very early, but I think Addison would be there and I'd be totally cool. Totally. Okay. With Jordan Addison, one of my favorite receiver prospects, DJ Turner, solid corner prospect. And you get the needs around the edges there with, an edge, a defensive lineman to our offensive lineman, and doubling down at corner with Riley Moss and wide receiver with Andre Yusavis. I think that's a solid. This is a solid deal here. I like the doubling down, then also getting the needs around the edges there. Then Ryan Murphy will do another trade down here. Zay Flowers, wide receiver from Boston College at 28. Julius Brents, corner from Kansas State at 60. Andre Carter, the second edge from Army at 86. Tank Dell, wide receiver from Houston at 124. And Sydney. So, the offensive guard at 199. So. I, yeah, again, Zay Flowers in a trade down. Sign me up for that. You get the extra pick here, a second rounder. Julius Prince, super athletic guy, had a really good combine. He's going to be a second round prospect. There are a bunch of those like late first to late second guys in that range. Julius Prince, one of them. Take Dell Dublin down at wide receivers. On the smaller side for wide house with Flowers and Dell, but not a huge problem if you can get the DeAndre Hopkins. Andre Carter, solid edge depth as well. I know some people have him like as an early second round guy. I think 86 is more where I'd be comfortable taking him, especially with the Ravens not having a second round pick there. So, There's a lot to look into. Let's do one more mock draft here. We'll we'll do it from Ravens Rule 13, who has the Ravens. Again, the Zay Flowers trade down, very popular today. Zay Flowers at 34, and now the Ravens got 34 was they traded James Perche in the 22nd pick for DeAndre Hopkins, 34, 105, and 168. Garrett Williams, Syracuse Corner at 86. Travis Hodges Tomlinson, cornerback from TCU at 105. Moro Jomo, defensive lineman from Texas at 124. Dwayne McBride, UAB running back at 157. Jalen Moreno Cropper, the Fresno State wide receiver at 168. And Malik Cunningham, the Louisville quarterback at 199. So no Todd Munkin special at all today. The Zay Flowers trade down is, is the special today, the Ravens special. So essentially, to me, this is trading crochet in the first for Hopkins, which I'm totally cool with. Or you could look at it as you know trading down into only you know 12 spots and being able to pick up a solid wide receiver rookie and a solid wide receiver in the veteran category. So that to me is great. You double down at wide receiver. Technically, if if the Hopkins trade happens, I wouldn't take the Moreno Cropper here. I'd maybe use that on an edge guy or something like that. But. Still, I like this a lot because you get the wide receivers, you get the corners and Garrett Williams and Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, defensive line, running back, that quarterback that could be a backup, could be a third guy for them. So I like this one a lot here from Ravens Rule. Good job here. That's all I have for you here today on On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. When we get back here tomorrow, it's, of course, more Ravens talk. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music